folks, to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson, one of your hosts this week. So excited you're joining us. Got a lot to talk about. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's going on, Chris? I am doing awesome. What's up, people around the internet? I'm ready to digest some entertainment. It's 2021. I feel some hope, Chris. I feel it. Feeling good. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel. I feel whatever it is. The spirit. Right? Spirit. The Holy Ghost. All of them. Got. It's coming Shiva. up through my spine. I'm like, we, we, we're getting vaccinated. We're gonna go. We're, Chris, you know, one of the things I've missed the most. Uh, period is just the movies, dude. I just can't. Mm. Oh, movie popcorn. Come on. Yeah. Can't wait. So yeah, anyway, we'll talking about that. Good stuff, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait to get into stuff this week. Let's do it. So, folks, if this is your first time joining us on the podcast, what Ben and I like to do, since we are carnosaurs, aficionados, all those fancy words when it comes to taking in entertainment in whatever form we can get it, what we like to do in this podcast is bring some interesting stories that we've seen in the past couple weeks um, and and talk about it right here on air. But the, the kicker is I have no idea what Ben's got on his mind. And he has no idea what's been twirling around in my head either. So everything that you're hearing is spontaneous, genuine, surprise. It's like you're hanging out with us for about an hour, so which is the best time ever. So, um, Ben, my man, kick it off. What do you got for me this week? All right. I think one of the biggest stories – I had some big stories this week. Um, but I think the, one of the biggest movies to come out, uh, an Oscar darling, if you will, would be Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Uh, I watched this movie that came out two weeks – two weekends ago, I believe – uh, watched it opening weekend, got the projector up in the in the basement, did the popcorn, did everything. Uh, this movie has, uh, if you like acting, you'll love this movie. So Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, who, you know, Lakeith Stanfield from uh, Atlanta and Sorry to Bother You. And Get then out. Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out, Black yeah, Panther. Just, just love these guys. Love them. You know what? Like. Just my stock is all in on these guys. You know what I mean? Like for mm-hmm. me, they haven't made a bad movie. Nope. So, but here's my hot take. And I know I'm probably going to eat my words. This movie's rated like crazy on Metacritic. This movie is through the roof everywhere. It's probably going to win like all the Oscars. Uh, compared to the rest of the movies that we got from the year, it's probably going to win it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great flick. Now, here's my hot take, Chris. This movie does not deserve... The performances it got. Oh, I see. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, I think I know where you're going with this, but I'm gonna let it you. It might cook. be. It might be picking nits here. I might be picking nits, mm-hmm. but um, I, don't get me wrong. The dialogue. I'm gonna say the dialogue is great. The acting is phenomenal. Directing's mm-hmm. great, but I feel like the screenplay was kind of all over the place in the middle thirty. Yep. Like the yep. second act. Um, in the second act, I felt like there should have been, and now listen, I know that I've seen this a million times. I should have felt like a little more drama, like the departed kind of drama, like, oh shit, they're going to find out who he is. And not for one second in this movie was I scared at all. Mm-hmm. Was not scared. I don't even think the main character was scared that he was going to get caught and find, and they're going to find out he's a black Panther or not a black Panther and stuff. And the whole FBI angle didn't really pan out at all. You had weirdo Martin Sheen in there. Mm-hmm. None of that really panned out. I mean, I get why it's in there. I just feel like we could have cut all that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then got to the main stuff. Now imagine this movie with some kind of like Goodfellas departed 
kind of like he's he's kind of like a rat on these guys. He's kind you know, he there was almost no even moral conflict inside our main character too about ratting on his own race to the FBI. Mm-hmm. You got a sense that this character I don't know, they could have done so much with that where I get it. This guy is undercover for the FBI because it's almost entrapment. It is entrapment. You know what I mean? Like, all right, right, if you do this, you won't get that stolen car charge or whatever it is. Um, but at any, they, they didn't really dive into that at all. It really didn't pay off at all. And the biggest payoff came during the uh, the text on the screen at the end of the movie, which is not what you want. I wanted to see that text on the screen. I wanted to feel that. Like, I don't know, Chris. Those are my thoughts, but and listen, that's me picking nits, but will I watch this movie ever again? No, but will I watch the clips of these guys performing some of the, like the speeches in the movie? H- absolutely. Yes. Performances through the roof. I mean, to me, this is still a must see this year, uh, but I think the second act of this movie kind of killed it and it was just kind of all over the place. Yeah. I- I'm right there with you. Honestly, I, it, it's one of those movies that I would compare to kind of almost like watching like a one act play festival where two of them are going to be amazing back to back and then the rest of the evening or the rest of the performances that you watch in that in that event um aren't going to be as good because you're right i mean there are segments in this movie like when he's that speech that he's giving where he's like i'm i am a revolutionary oh he's like unbelievable unbelievable i mean this movie deserves to be made for that section right there that section incredible um and but the problem is you're right piecing a whole movie together is it's a tough job and especially when you're taking a story that let's be honest i mean it's of all the um civil rights themed stories and movies and and uh popular figures and things like that you know i've you know i've never heard of this person before maybe i should have but now i know and i'm glad i know but um, it's one of those things where it's like you, maybe you took a five, it's like, it's kind of, I, I compare it to like, you know, the Hobbit movies where you're taking a very small section or a small story and trying to make it into this big, long feature film. And the director, you know, to his credit, um, his director, the director's name is uh, Shaka King. Yeah. You know, this is his first feature length film he's uh, ever made. Uh, all these people in this movie are going to go on and be ginormous superstars oh, yeah. from, from I, I've seen, you know, of course, like Kaluuya and uh, Stanfield. I've seen those guys before. Uh, I've seen the female lead before and stuff. And uh, the, uh, superstars, like su- goddamn superstars. And he's going to go on to just be He'll huge. Be fine. Yeah. yeah. It's not like I'm like wailing on this movie. I Listen, and I think it's more I really wanted to like this movie. I really wanted yeah. to be there. And at the end of the thing going, my God, that's my pick. Here we go. Like 2021, and maybe maybe it's 2020 backlash. Right. I hung all my hopes on this movie. And I'm like, please. Well, you know so, what I think. I, it I is, don't know, but like, like Chris, the thing that I just the middle 20. Remember, there's the whole maybe 10 minutes about there's a guy that's coming up from Philadelphia, but he might know that our main character isn't a Black Panther, but then he gets killed. Yeah, that whole story. I don't know who that guy was. I don't remember which one that was. I I couldn't tell you who that was. It just didn't. And when people were dying, I didn't care. I was like, oh, that chick died that we met for two seconds. Oh, all right, like, right. You I, know, it's funny. I watched this movie and I said to myself, not that it need the reins needs to be taken away from the director necessarily, but like in terms of pacing, structure, and character development, 
this movie could have used like the Spike Lee treatment or a the Martin of, Scorsese a bunch treatment. From one of those guys, yeah, exactly. Or, or, or Tarantino. Or Tarantino. Like it. It just. It. I. I didn't know where the focus was. I understand, like you know, when you're when you're trying to make a movie about a guy who basically, you know, a, a black man who turned on the Black Panthers and was an informant for the FBI. I mean, that's a tough subject it's matter a, to get but, into. But you know what? But there's your movie right there. Right. I, I don't think that is. To, I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's so much drama in there. But you know what? This movie needed. It needed. And I get it. Like, listen, if this movie raised our awareness, like you said, I, I've never heard of the actual person that this was based on me either like if this rose our awareness of what the black panthers were and what kind of organization it was and it kind of changed our thoughts on that great uh, success you know nail it to, you know chalk it up to a success i you know the movie is a success no matter what i mean thumbs up for this movie but it definitely needed a punch up in places and you know what it needed it needed a small scene in the middle and by small scene i mean this like Something that Tarantino would do, or there's a there's a terrible Johnny Depp movie called Black Mass about Whitey Bulger. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and the best scene in the whole movie was probably the best part of the trailer in the movie was when he's wailing on the cop about his uh, steak marinade recipe, and he's like, "You'll flip, you're a rat," or something like that, and then he starts laughing because he's just messing with him, like it, or just like in Inglorious Bastards, it needs the pub scene where <laughs> the movie takes a break. And all of a sudden, we're just trapped in this pub with these Nazis, and the, everyone's loaded, and everyone's got guns. Like, imagine that scene in this movie where, you know, Kaluuya, the 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 leader of this sect of the Black Panthers, suspects our main character and takes mm-hmm. him out for drinks and really grills him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, really, like like they're playing cards, they're getting drunk, or they're smoking weed or something. And all of a sudden, he slips. He says something. And he's like, I thought you said your uncle lived in Los Angeles, not, you know, your your aunt. And all of a sudden, you know, the guns start clicking. Like, it needed, like, a small scene like that to raise the stakes. Like, oh, shit, this guy can die. Or something where the FBI is going to take this guy out, too. Something where, I mean, it's J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, he's going to eliminate anyone that's in his way. Like, imagine the main character says, you know, screw you guys. I'm not doing anything. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they just scare the shit out of him. Like, they start having him followed. There could have been so many opportunities for mass drama inside this movie. And they, I, I don't know, Chris, they just missed it. They missed yeah. the mark on that. You know, I, I agree. It, it's one of those movies that it was good. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, this could be so much better than it is. I mean, it's good, but man, like, just small adjustments here, small adjustments there. And I'm no, I'm not a director. I'm not a screenwriter, but so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, if it's that evidence to me is just a, a avid film watcher, I guess. Yeah. Then man, it's like, Oh, you know, Same like, here. like, like, like in, um, like in Goodfellas, like it needed, like you have this grand scheme of everything, right? You have your setup, you have your main characters. And after you start talk, stop talking about the mafia or after you stop talking about the black Panthers, you need like, the poker scene with spider in the basement <laughs> yeah, in Goodfellas where he gets shot. Like you need something super intimate and super intense to just remind the audience, Hey, these are no, this isn't like fuck around guys. Like you don't mess with these guys. These are, you know, it's the black Panthers. They're all loaded. And like they had glimpses. And I, and I don't know if I, I don't know, Chris, the, the, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just feel like it was a missed opportunity on, on many you. fronts. But you know what? The same, like, I'm going to eat my words in like two months because the, this thing's going to win every Oscar known to me. 
watch it when like best screenplay and you know everybody's gonna be like what are you talking about chris and ben well <laughs> i've listened i mean i've listened to the pods i've i went out and i read reviews because i had these thoughts and um roger ebert.com actually agreed with me on this one mm. just and and it, it really not that i'm copying them but they really just kind of like said the setup is perfect the ending is perfect we, I, you should have, like, I should have been bawling at the end of this movie. Like yeah. everyone should have. And I was like, oh, huh. Even the way he died was just kind of like, what mm. <laughs> was like, I don't know. It was like so impartial and indifferent. And I was just like, oh, that happened, huh? Like, it was so <laughs> like, I don't know. Just the way they did it was just so, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I just, maybe it's just because there was something there that had such potential. And I, I think they just, they missed something. I hear you. I'm with yeah. you, man. Good stuff, though. Good stuff. So I'm going to stick with HBO Max because mm. um, they're kind of on this this you know role of releasing movies that were supposed to be in the theaters, and we're, we're getting them really the day of. Um, ben, I'm going to talk about a movie that was kind of on my radar, but man, released a trailer last week that blew the reef off this thing, and now has become like unexpectedly one of my most anticipated movies of 2021 uh i'm talking about mortal Kombat. yes uh ben did you see the yes. trailer for mortal Kombat? <laughs> so, uh, yeah after after i saw your facebook post i was like all right i gotta check this out what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so we we talked about it i think earlier a couple podcasts ago where it's like hey you know they're making a new mortal Kombat movie yeah. we'll see you know we'll see what happens you know well because this is is this part of the warner brothers package yep Yep. Okay, and we're like, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, yeah. We'll see, it sounds kind of goofy, yeah. but, you know, the, the 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 beacon of hope was the fact that we heard that it was going to be an R-rated Mortal Kombat movie. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so we're going to get some some actual violence yeah. in this right. movie. My God. So the trailer um, starts off, first of all, the big the big reveal was that, like, I start the trailer, and it's a red band trailer. So I'm like, oh my God, like, this is going to be, I'm, I'm definitely going to see something here. And it from just from a, a scan back, I'm not I'm not a Mortal Kombat super fan by any means. Um, Me either. I'm more of a uh, Tekken. Uh, Tekken was my. There you go. Like yeah. I, I was actually honestly, I'm more of a Street Fighter guy. Um, but but I appreciate like how far Mortal Kombat goes and and the, the how much it can lend itself to the cinematic elements more so than a Tekken or. Street Fighter, if you will. Um, but this movie looks freaking amazing. And um, the, the special effects, the violence, uh, it's, it almost looks like a course correction of the previous Mortal Kombat movies. Like, understanding that what we got back in the 90s was pure camp. Wait. This is good. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> Them's fighting words. Yeah. Um, All right. Wh- where are you right now? You say Westchester? I'm on my way. On the way. <laughs> <laughs> fighting. Tonight, this, right now. This movie, <laughs> this movie <laughs> just looks like they're taking it very seriously. The violence looks amazing. It looks got, amazing. You got a little bit of like some finishers in there. You can kind of see some little hints of finishers. Um, ben, what do you think? Oh, uh, you know, right on. I, you know, I just feel like, listen, I'm not going to say anything bad about the first Mortal Kombat because that soundtrack is tight. <laughs> but um, the movie, like Jock Jams 2 and Mortal Kombat soundtrack, I mean, <laughs> amazing. get hyped up to play basketball. <laughs> yeah, you're 15, you're on the court, let's do this. Uh, but let's, t- <laughs> let's talk about this movie is 
this is the perfect time to make this movie because you need the effects to be this good. You need yes. it to be this seamless and not to say that the effects are the best, but they were good enough where when Sub-Zero stabbed the guy's neck with his frozen blood, I was like, I, I'm all in on this movie. I'm ready to rock. Like this, this was great. And now, Chris, what gets you so excited? Is it the trailer and the violence or is it Michael B. Jordan putting his name to this movie? Oh, God. Well, I didn't even know, I know about the latter. So, oh, really? He's Jax. No, no, that's not Jax. That's not Michael B. Jordan. What? No. Wait, that's, who is it? Who is that? Hold on. Let me, I'm going to look at the Wait, cast. Hold right on. Now. All right. Well, hold on. I changed my review. Of the <laughs> changes, changes the entire <laughs> outlook. Uh, that gentleman's name is. Oh, McCad Brooks. McCad, yes, McCad Brooks. Oh, so, then never mind. I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit. You know what? There's a reason why they flashed his face like really quick in front of the screen. There it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks I, okay. I, I, <laughs> I was to say, there's you, you know nobody in this movie. Like, they're all... A lot of these guys are either stunt people that are now actors or have done other action-packed uh, film work and things like that. But yeah, there are no names that I recognize, which I kind of like. I was like, you know what? I'm fine with it. The only, I mean, I there mean, was the no one in The Raid that we knew, and that movie's dope. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the first movie that came out, it was like like Christopher Christopher Lambier was like the big star of that first one. and. Uh, oh, yeah. And Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison, but that was it. Kind of touch the hiney. There you go. So, um, <laughs> so we'll see. But I, I, I'm looking forward to it. it no, you're absolutely I'm, right. It's no. the perfect quarantine movie for us. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I'm all in. I'm watching this opening night. The popcorn in the basement. I can't wait. I mean, but do you agree, Chris? Like the effects, it needs to be made now. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. If it's not made, like you know, I'm sitting here watching WandaVision and stuff, and they're just effortlessly putting top of the line CGI in a television show. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you don't even yeah. think about it when, when Wanda like flicks her wrists and does something, you're like, this is just amazing. This is just like, you don't even th like, you're not like, Oh, this is just computer animation. Like you're like, no, that's magic on the screen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I feel like now is the time for something like this where it's, let's talk about it. You know, it's direct to home. It might, you know, might've hit the theaters for a little bit back in the day, but these effects can't, should be top-notch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. What else you got? All right. Let's talk about something. Oh, let's talk about news. Let's talk about some uh, movie news. Okay. So I don't know if you heard this, Chris, but um, uh, this is off of Cinema Blend. Uh, Jackass star Bam Margera drops F-bombs over being excluded from Jackass 4. Mm, mm -hmm. did, did you hear about this? I did, yeah. So he came out with this swear-filled tirade, which I won't repeat on the air because I like to swear, but my God, my God, he goes nuts. Um, so, I mean, we, I am such a big fan of the Jackass TV show, all the spinoffs, you know what I mean? Like uh, CKY, all those guys, Bam, everyone, you know, Knoxville. Anyway, so I just, he went on the swear-filled tirade, uh, claiming that he wrote a lot of the stuff they're going to be doing and, you know, screw these guys. I hate them. Um, and everyone should boycott the movie and, and give me money online. And so listen, I, I love bam with all my heart. 
I mean, listen, pre YouTube, I used to watch CKY2K like over and over and over again and, and just bought all the tapes and everything. But I know that he has had major drug problems over the past 20 years, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that is the fuel that is kind of edging on all of these this behavior and stuff. And there's been behind the scenes erratic behavior. And I know like on Jackass set, you're supposed to be erratic, but then there's like erratic and then just going nuts. So Chris, what were your thoughts on this? You know, I think the problem that you've had with this, this Jackass crew is I think for what Jackass needed to become, you needed people that were for, for more reasons or less, you know, off of center. If you yep. will, whether it's through addiction, mental illness, mm. all those different things like or substance okay. abuse, okay. like because yeah. with what they did and what they put themselves through, you know, you, you have to be a certain type of person to do that. And I think, you know, we, we saw it with the same thing with Steve-O and his his issues where those demons can sometimes take, you know, hold to, to the point where they start kind of in a, in a way biting the hand that feeds, if you will. And yeah. I think that's what you, you have here where it's, you know, maybe, maybe Johnny Knoxville and some of the other guys are kind of getting caught off guard with this whole band thing, because in their eyes, they were like, you know, we, we thought everything was fine or what or whatnot. But um, it, it's one of those sad things where it's like, <clears throat> kind of like, kind of almost like a rock and roll band when you, when you hear that, you know, one one member is out of control and now going against the group or having issues and stuff like that, it tends not to surprise you. And that's what I kind of feel about the Jackass crew, where it's like, if you hear that there's t- something terrible amongst the group, it's kind of like, yeah, well, I, I just I kind of accept that that's what's going to happen with with these guys. You know, sadly, they had a death in their group a couple of years ago. Um, his name was Casey. I think his first name is Ryan. Uh, got into a car yes. accident. Um, yes. Ryan Dunn. Yep. Thank you. And it's just, yeah, it's just like one thing after another with this group. But um, obviously, it's it's you know, hopefully that that relationship isn't uh, totally done, um, so to speak. Uh, if it is, well, that then that's it was a good run. Um, I'll be I'll be the first person to admit I think out of all the crew, I don't think Bam was not was my favorite necessarily or. You know, maybe the most risky. I, I love Johnny Nixville. I think Chris Pointis is probably the, the best. <laughs> party boy. You like party, party boy. boy? I love party boy. I live for that stuff. And so. <laughs> uh, and I you love... know what? Like, that's a great, you know how like the Facebook, like things like who's your favorite, you know, superhero. And it tells like what your personality is. Like, who's your favorite jackass? Member is definitely like a personality tell. There's gotta oh, be something. Definitely. Like, like, <sighs> like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Bam. You were kind of the Ringo of the group. If I, if I'm being honest, like, mm-hmm. you know, like him not being there is not going to necessarily taint my uh, image or, or lessen the my love of of Jackass. You know, th- those movies I could watch all you know four of them. I think there's been four, and that show like and roll over laughing every single time, but. If Bam's not in it anymore, like it's not going to affect me whatsoever. But yeah, you know, I think I'm coming from a different place because I was introduced to the Jackass crew pre Jackass through Bam mm. through skate videos. So like for me, he's one of the originators with Knoxville. He's like one of the, like the 
the, the Mount Rushmore jackass. And so mm-hmm. he brought in like Ryan Dunn and Brandon DiCamillo and Ray and all those guys. So it, it's tough for me, but like, if if I'm just coming in like Jackass one two and three and and some parts of the show, I mean they don't show skateboarding like they used to, right? And that was that is Bam's thing. He is a professional skateboarder. You know, don't get me wrong, that is his his niche. So uh, I don't know if now here's my other thought, Chris. I got a couple thoughts on this, and this is why I brought this up. Does this kind of like if I told you today, Jackass Four is coming out in a month, direct to HBO, and I this story doesn't come out, are you excited? But let, let's say I said Jackass Four is coming out in a month, but Bam's out. Are you like, eh, all right? There's some problems. Something's going on. Now I'm not as enthused. Is that what you're thinking? No, not. I wouldn't care either way. Oh, okay. So you're just you're just in on Jackass Four. I'm just in on Jackass. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I Bam wasn't in that um, action park movie that they did. A oh, couple years ago. Too. Oh, good call. You know, he wasn't. Right. He wasn't. And I was all in. The second they announced it, I was like, oh, Jackass is doing Azure Park? Fine. Let's go. Um, if Johnny Knoxville wasn't involved, it would affect me. If Chris Pointis wasn't involved, it would affect me. Um, Steve-O would probably affect me. You know, but Bam, it's like, Bam's the straight guy. You know, Bam's the, yeah. you know, he's, it's just, I, he, not, I don't want to say he doesn't bring anything to the table, but, it, you know, he doesn't have those, like, those moments with that only he can bring, you know, that's true. I mean, like on his show, Viva La Bam, he would mess with April and Phil, but you weren't watching it for Bam. You were watching it for those guys. React. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, Phil, you can bring <laughs> Phil Margera. You think Phil would just step in for Bam? Oh, watch Phil. Phil Margera, the movie I'm watching, like even just Phil going to work, like no stunts. Just him, just him right. going, I'm watching that shit. Like, like when, when Bam would like break into their bedroom, you know, and wake them up by doing the, like the worst things possible. It's like, I, I watched those moments for, to watch Phil and his wife. Yeah. And again, substitute Bam for Johnny or whoever doing the same right. thing. It's the right. same impact for me. That makes right. sense. Here's my, here's my next thought. There's a couple things that are going through my head. Um, the last thing is, I mean, since Jackass 3, 3D, if you can remember, I think that was like 2014, 13 mm-hmm. or something like that, yep. um, which was an experience in the theaters. I don't know if you saw it in the theaters. With I didn't get left. to see it in the theaters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there I was a couple parts where I almost threw up because it's in 3D. It's just, <laughs> well, I'll tell you the part that I almost, I, I literally gagged and almost, I, I had to hold my chest is when Steve-O drank the sweat cocktail. Yes. Off the back. <laughs> in 3D, dude, that was it was too much. Like I almost just lost it. And then Knoxville going, Hey Steve, that's like the first contact cocktail you've had in two years. It was oh my god, it was so <laughs> so disgusting. It's just so great. And I don't know. Like I'm excited for JKS4, but here we go, Chris. There was another story that came out maybe beginning of pandemic. They started filming this thing. And uh, Knoxville and Steve were like hospitalized. I think we covered it on the podcast like last March or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this not a thing anymore because of ridiculousness and YouTube? Mm. Because now, now here are my theory out. Like now we have cameras. Like I have, I have like literally two cameras in front of me. Maybe three in the room if I could dig out a Kindle or something like that. We're always being filmed. And like when you watch the show Ridiculousness or you pull up your favorite YouTube yeah. clips, there's always a dash cam near misses. Mm-hmm. Like 
when Jackass 1 came out, there wasn't that. These guys actually had to film themselves and say, okay, we're going to do this. Now, you can watch someone fall that didn't even mean it. And and now, like, that's the funniest thing of all time. Back in the day, I mean, I don't know, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think I think you're right on to something where it's like the shock value of certain acts isn't necessarily there anymore because of, you know, YouTube and TikTok and, you know, um, you know, fail army on YouTube does all these video compilations of people doing stuff. So I think, I think like some of those things, like, but for me, it always comes back to watching those specific people doing specific things. So like, yeah, I could watch some anonymous guy launch himself off a ramp into the water or into a brick wall, whatever. But seeing Knoxville do it, or Chris Pointis, or any of those guys do it, it's Stevo. It's going to be a different experience because they're, you know, it's not going to be a novice guy. You're going to see their face, you know, you you know their backstory. Um, I'm all, I'm just all about, and and some of those things are very basic, like you know whether they're riding in a at a shopping cart and they you know flip over in, in the parking lot, like little things like that, which everybody does. But the fact that it's them, that's what makes it, that's what makes it great, you know? And, you know, one of my favorite, um, you know, all time things that they did was when they got in the, in the, the ring with the bull and the teeter totter, the the teeter totter, -totter. like such a basic thing, but (laughs) brilliant, brilliant because it's those guys. You know, there is something about it because even Deacon now, who's, I watch ridiculousness with uh, ridiculousness with him. You know what I mean? And like LL right. cats and all those things. That's what he's into. Um, but when <laughs> I showed him, cause there was a, so ridiculousness on YouTube started doing these compilations of best of cats, best of cars, best of whatever. Right. And they did a best of golf on ridiculousness and it was pretty funny. I go, Deco, I got to show you something. I got to show you the Jackass Cruise golf. And if you remember, it's Jackass 1 when they almost like, when Knoxville's neck almost snaps off when they hit the, like the monkey that's turned over. And there was, so he goes, whoa, like, and there's something about the way they do it. Like they just go full throttle. And so I love that your, your talk about, you know, there's something got to be off kilter about these guys because their reaction is, is better than the actual stunt. When you watch someone accidentally fall, you're like you you instantly laugh. Or you go or you do like the shock thing, but then you're like, are they, are they okay? When you see Stevo do something assholeish, and he just starts laughing, like you, it's he's a stunt person. Like he went to clown college. Like he's he's a maniac, and that's more of the joy of it. Like it's not, it's intentional. It's not unintentional. It's intentionally crazy, and that's maybe maybe the thing that kicks it up a notch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, all right. So for next topic this week, um, so Ben, there's been some controversy around a movie that's come out uh, last week, uh, and it's a movie called Music by uh, the art, the musician Sia uh, wrote and directed this movie, and it's gotten a lot of heat online because it's basically about um, a mentally uh, handicapped uh, character who is being played or autistic character, excuse me. Autistic, autistic. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, who's been playing by a, uh, non autistic. I'm not going to even call her an actress because she's not an actress. She's a dancer who Sia likes to cast in her movies, but, 
Um, so that's that's that ignited a whole discussion online about you know whether or not you should cast non-artistic actors you know for autistic roles, especially since there are a lot of autistic actors out there. Um, right. And Sia's defense, which I kind of thought was BS, was that the role um, was too the demands of the role were too much for an autistic person to handle. Which, again, when she said that. <laughs> Oh, she doubled down. She did the she double down. Thing. I love that. She doubled down. And then like one of the actors on Twitter said, like, I'm I'm a autistic actor and you know, I kind of you know, blah 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 blah. And then like she, her response was, Well, maybe you're just not a good actor. And it's like, oh well, god, triple down. <laughs> triple down. And she just everything she said leading up to this film, um, you know, was terrible. And Ben, yeah. you you know I had a good text exchange uh last uh, week about it. Yeah. Where you stumbled upon an article which is basically the entire plot of the movie through snippets of the reviews of the movie. Like someone actually took the time to yeah. put these all together. That's so almost like uprocks.com. Yeah, so it's like almost like you don't have to see the movie, you know, because of this. But I got to see it uh, because I have uh, a friend who sent me the the digital you know screener, if oh you will. Oh my god, all my coworkers, I went through this article and read the best of the lines from the reviewers um and they're like how did chris get his hands on this movie and i was like because he's in the know man he's a theater guy I, he i'm a theater guy for this stuff. <laughs> he uh it's it's bad it's it's offense it's like i'm not autistic and i was offended i was offended i was like i was deeply offended by this performance and I felt bad for the girl who was playing the part because she was 14 years old when they filmed this. She's 18 now. They filmed this four years ago, by the way. Right. Um, it's, it's so what's the deal with shot. that? So like it, it, it was filmed and then canned for like three years or something like that? Yeah. Like four years? Yeah. Because I, she she basically um, she wanted to fully produce the music to be in the movie. So at the time when they filmed it, they were like dancing and singing to like demos. You know, so it wasn't like fully finished music. So she filmed the movie, then she had to like edit the movie, and then she had to basically fully produce all the songs. And then, and then I think people from the studio were like, "This is absolute shit. We have to figure out how to, you know, not release this, um, so to speak." So it's just it's one of those movies where you're watching it, and it's just like it's so bad that um, you can't understand like how no one in the room like said, spoke up and said, this is, we shouldn't be doing this. Like we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't be making these choices. And I felt bad for the girl, except for the fact that there was an article that came out uh, last week where they interviewed her. Excuse me. And they said, they asked her, what, what preparation did you do to oh do, do, oh do research into autism and how to play an autistic character? And this was her exact answer. She watched the movie What's Eating Gilbert Grape to study Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in that movie because he was nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Here's the kicker, though. He's not autistic in that movie. <laughs> like, no, he's not. He is, he's not. Um, he's on a completely different thing. And spectrum. Yeah, he's spectrum, on a different spectrum. Exactly. Right. Completely different spectrum. Um, <laughs> so that was that's mistake number one. And then the second thing that she did, which is even more insulting, was she said, oh, then I just watched YouTube videos of autistic people and copied their behavior. Oh. So at no point 
did she talk to an actual autistic person? At no point did the studio or filmmakers have her sit down with specialists or, you know, coaches and, and, and to really make sure that you're doing this thing from um, an authentic, genuine, well-researched, you know, point of view. They, they're like, they sat her down in front of a laptop and said, watch what's eating Gilbert Grape and here's some YouTube vids action <laughs> it's like you're you're setting your your that that to me tells tells me how serious and genuine sia was about telling this story because um it, it just if if that's the preparation you're putting your actors through like a lot of people were attacking me on social media saying like i shouldn't be going after the girl and i was like look i wasn't really going after the girl i was really talking about more the filmmakers but it's one of those things where it's like when I was 14 and getting cast in like school plays and musicals, I was doing more research than, than she did into those characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I can't even like imagine, like, I can't even think of a role that I played that I, I, I don't even know. Oh, oh, oh shit. Oh shit, Chris. I got a story. I got an mm -hmm. actual story. Oh my God, Chris, check this out. So, when we were in college, I believe I was a junior going into senior. Mm -hmm. um, Fred Goodson had a buddy, and he was like a local guy in Elmira, and he was filming a movie. And he saw me, I think, in the Crucible or one of those things, and, and one of my leads. And he was like, "That guy's great." I wanted the movie. I was I was very flattered. And Fred was like, "Oh, you know, call this guy." And I was like, "Sweet." And so I read his script, and it. I don't know if I ever told you this story. It was like a. I found Jesus, so I'm going to quit drugs movie. Oh, wow. Okay. And whatevs. I mean, I've seen where that works, and it's okay, but this was not a good movie. Like, I could just tell you. And uh, I've never tanked an audition before, but I tanked this one. <laughs> and he was good like, move. he was like, and, and this guy was all up, like, all in. He, like. He came to the dorm room. I auditioned, and like I think my roommate Rob was there, and he's like, "Dude, you were terrible." And I was like, "Good, I don't want to be in this movie." And then, and then he drove all the way to my house to Connecticut, Chris. Oh he wanted God. to be in this movie, and he drove all the way, and I read it like terrible. And so, even at I don't know nineteen twenty, I knew there there are things I don't want to represent on the screen, even though it might. You never know. I could have been in that movie and it could have been a superstar. Probably not. But <laughs> I mean, I knew enough at 22 or whatever it was that this thing wasn't going to be like the Oscar that I've been missing all my life. But right. I don't know, dude. Like, I just feel like so, you're right. Someone should have stepped in. And you know what, Chris? I, I saw that people were attacking you and stuff. But you know who I blame about this movie? You know who I really blame? Let's not blame the chick. Let's not blame Sia. Let's blame Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Can I blame them? Please. Yeah. Hot take of the day. Uh, Kate Hudson's in this movie. Shaved head, drug dealing, older sister of an autistic girl. Musical. That, no, they didn't sit her down and go, hey, Kate, you might not want to take this pick. My name's Kurt <laughs> Russell. I have never made a bad movie in my career. Let's just span Kurt Russell's fucking career. He's still making great movies. The Santa Claus 2 or whatever the hell that uh, what was what, uh, the, <laughs> Christmas Chronicles. That Christmas movie was Chronicles. great. Dude, I watched that two times with Deacon. That movie was hilarious. It was great. I mean, that guy has not made a bad movie, nor has he made like a bad choice about like, oh, I don't want to work with this guy. Yada, yada, yada. Dude, I blame them. Like, what's the relationship that you can't tell Kate? Maybe you shouldn't shave your head for this part. 
Maybe you shouldn't be in a musical about like offending all autistic people everywhere. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. If they really can't am. say boo to her, then Chris, you're right. No one on this set is saying boo to Sia or th- this cast or like. Right. Could you, I, dude, I've been on a movie set before. Where people are like, the script is terrible. And I'm like, I know, but we're getting paid. Shut up. Like <laughs> everyone, everyone behind the camera and stuff, they like we're all like movie junkies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're on a film set, I'm a movie nerd, but that's where I thrive because you're surrounded by us. It's you and me. It's like you and me times like a dozen. Like mm-hmm. the guy that's holding the sticks. All right, uh, rolling sound. Like that guy, he's like got Bruce Campbell autographs in his house. I mean, everyone's a nerd on this set. Everyone's watching movies. Not one person stood up and said, hey, I'm quitting today. So, you know what? I bring up Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn almost as like a joke, but I blame the crew. If you worked (laughs) on this movie, like screw off, like straight up. Well, it's funny you say that. If you didn't show up like day one and say, you know what? Take my paycheck. I'm out. Right. It's uh, it's funny you say that because the here's here's the funny thing, so the I guess the movie dance community in terms of like the dancers you see in a lot of these movie musicals yeah. is really extraordinarily small. Like chances are you've probably seen the same group of dancers in like eight movie musicals. Hmm. So I'm Facebook friends with a couple of these background dancers that were in music, and one of them I don't know how they were able to release these details. Um, but one of them said in a Facebook post that they had no idea what the movie was about. When they no, were, that they, makes sense. I mean, they, I can kind of see that. Like they didn't know the plot. They really didn't know the character. They were just given choreography to dance and say, do this. Um, here's your costume. And that was it. So like is, they had no is that idea. Possible? Is that possible? You've seen the movie. Is it possible? Because I've seen like preview and yes. it cuts to her head and they just cut to a dance scene. Yes. It, it, from the way that it's constructed, it, it, it's very possible that these dancers had no idea. Like, it, you know what? They knew it was a movie. Obviously, they knew it was you know, a movie directed by Sia. But, you know, it's, it's very likely that many of them were not told the, the plot. I, or, can, I can see that. I, yeah. I really can see that. Like even from the trailer, I can kind of see that. So I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I'm wailing on the, 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 if you're there the whole time and you're like first DP or you're like the, the cameraman, you know what this movie's about. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, believe me, any, I think any, almost any um, criticism of anybody involved in this movie is warranted. It's just, it's bad all around. That's it. It's bad all around. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. So, if you if you're out there and you really want to see this movie, I mean, I guess like go see it to just you know experience the, the badness of it. But like other than that, it doesn't need to be seen. Other than if you lose a bet, there you go. I said it. Oh, this it's, is the bet movie that you're talking about. The bet movie. If you if you lose a bet, go see this movie. There you go. <laughs> nice. So what else you got, my friend? All right, um, a couple stories. Well, let me go with this one. Um, so. I think I was telling you off air that um, let me let me say this right. Uh, I want to say the the name of the app. So the name of the the radio station is Radio Paradise. Been getting into like you know I just want I like free internet radio, commercial free. I like BBC six, BBC six. I like um, Retro Hits Canada is another good one. So all these things that I'm saying, just ask Google or Alexa to play this, and they'll play the station. It's great. Um, but this one, Radio Paradise. 
is awesome, and they play this wide variety of music. But the reason why I bring that up, Chris, is big news dropped today that Daft Punk announces mm. their split after 28 years. Yeah. So Daft Punk, if you don't know, is started as a straight electronic techno house band. I think it would just be a techno group in the early 2000s. Then they kind of evolved and had some pop hits. Um, and more importantly, they're producers, almost like a Pharrell Williams. They they hop around and they produce this person, produce this person. They've worked with everyone mm-hmm. that has hits, like everywhere. Um, and if you're kind of in that vein of music like I am, I mean, I was introduced to techno at a very kind of like 90s, early 90s, mid 90s, like age. So I... I'm way I'm all in, but they're almost like the most pop that you get in that genre. And mm-hmm. this is huge news. Chris, is this huge for you too? Um or is this it's yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, go ahead. it's I'm disappointed. I'm sad. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean it's Daft Punk is one of those groups where it's like if they have something coming out or <clears throat> you know, something big happens, of course I'm gonna listen to it and enjoy it. I think if you were to build a Mount Rushmore of techno EDM Ooh. artists, like Ooh. they're they're on it. Period. Oh, good call. The, like, the Mount Rushmore of techno. Like of if EDM. you had the of EDM techno, I think they're it's them. You know, Chemical Brothers. Um, yeah. Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim. Um, you probably have to throw Moby up there. Honestly. Um, okay. Oh, that's a, I never even thought of that. Who's the Mount Rushmore? I'll, you know what? I'll have to ask our uh, EDM correspondent on the street, Ryan across the street, my neighbor. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> He's on his <laughs> Mount Rushmore of EDM. I mean, yeah, that's a wild question. I mean, I th- it's one of those it's one of those groups that probably you know ninety percent of the population is not going to know. Not 90, mm-hmm. but probably like 60% of the population wouldn't know. But they've probably heard their music on the radio or heard music that they have produced that are hits, like hit meisters. Yeah. And so I think that's the more disappointing thing is these guys, I I, I think I just never envisioned them splitting up. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were just going to make music our whole lives. And it just kind of it, – it was just kind of a bummer. And of all the things that we've lost the past year, like – older musicians that have passed away and people that are split and people that haven't been able to tour this year, this was just another kind of death blow. So yeah. I just wanted to bring this up and yeah, I'm, you know what, Chris, I have to come back with it, come back at you with the Mount Rushmore of EDM, but yeah, good call, Chris. They're definitely on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, at the same time, it's like they could have, they could have never announced that they're breaking up and they could have broken up and we would have been fine with it because like, they're not a group that I thought, you know was known to tour a lot like you know anytime you'd see like these big like burning man or coachella or glastonbury like these big concerts like you'd always see like daft punk kind of be you know performed then i think they were big on like the the last end of like Lollapalooza and stuff like that but um it wasn't like they were like an annual touring thing where it's like oh my god daft punk's not touring anymore what are we gonna do um it just it so they could have just done all this quietly and I think we've been fine with it, but yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's sad, but yeah, you appreciate, you appreciate the body of work. They, they definitely like were 
you know, brought a lot of that, that type of music into the mainstream. Um, so yeah, appreciate, yeah. appreciate everything, but yeah. I, I think that's, that's more of it. Like I remember at summer camp hearing the song around the world by Daft Punk. I think yep. that was the first song I heard. And this is 1997 or something. This is very mm-hmm. early on as far as techno goes. And because I was listening to techno at the at the time, like Moonshine Records and all those things. But like I was a nerd. Like my friends were nerds. <laughs> we were into like weird music and stuff. But I remember at summer camp, a girl that was not a nerd having a Daft Punk CD. And I was like, oh, shit. Like that. And I was like, I've heard that song before. That's on the radio. And I remember the video and I, when i got back home from summer it was on like mtv and i'm like oh my god i think that was if not like like uh like <laughs> i am blue d da dada was probably like <laughs> the next like big techno song or yeah. sandstorm or something like that that was like that summer but that song was you i think it might have been a year before all that stuff and i just cuz i remember before that it was kitschy like you would get like this kitschy dance, like rhythm as a dancer or something like that, which is almost like a, like a catchy, like techno song that just is annoying and in the background. But yeah. I remember for the first time hearing Daft Punk, like these guys are trying to make an album. They're actually trying to make like a statement with this type of music. And I think that was the first time that it hit the mainstream. So I, I, I'm very sad and you know what, hopefully these guys go on to just make other music. I don't think they're going away. I don't think it's like a thing that, they're going to break up and never make music and they're probably going to keep producing the rest of their lives. So, right. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is like, we don't really know these guys, you know, individually. So it's like, mm-hmm. they could, they could produce under their own name and we'd be like, Oh, okay. Like, great. <laughs> so, well, I think um, they have too. Yeah, I, I, I think, think there's, I think there's a ton of music we don't know about. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, well, I didn't have any more stories on my end, but did you have anything else? Because it sounded like you had, a couple more stories to choose from. I had a plethora. Um, <laughs> but you know what? You hit a bunch of mine. That was crazy. Great. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. We definitely talked about... Um, oh, we need to talk about WandaVision. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, WandaVision... Oh, spoiler alert. Just throw the spoiler thing up there. WandaVision totally... Um, came out with its villain this week Mm -hmm. revealing who the um villain is of the show played by Catherine Hahn and um we don't really know her scope yet but Chris what were your thoughts when Wanda went down to Agatha's basement Agnes's basement um did it jump the shark was it too much or no. did, was it right in there? What were it, was we right in there. Okay. it was right in there. Like, you know, here's the the thing with Marvel at this point is like, and then, and WandaVision is proving it, by the way, is is they can do anything they want. And I'm I'm either 100 percent like that was kick ass or I'm 100 percent all in to see where it goes, because I know it's going to lead to something ridiculous. And, you know, WandaVision has become this thing where it's like. You know, you know, bringing out Agnes Harkness or Agatha Harkness, which is yeah, that's yep. a deep cut. That's right. that's a deep cut. That's deep Marvel. even for me. That's, that's yeah. wicked deep. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like I remember, the, I was like, the name sounded familiar. Then when I looked her up, I the the image looked familiar, but I had no idea the backstory. No. And then you read it, and you're like, oh my god, this is potentially how they connect 
the Fantastic Four into the MCU and yeah. all these other things. So genius, it's genius. genius. And I'm like, okay, Ag- Agatha Harkness, let's go. And I love the theme song. Catherine Hahn's a freaking national treasure. She's I, yeah. You know, I, I remember, said this- like I remember Bill Simmons said on um, you know when they did the Step Brothers podcast. Why isn't Catherine Hahn in more stuff? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they they were speculating. They're like maybe you know like like a lot of female performers. Maybe she had kids and she had to be a stay at home mom and you know take some time off. But now she is back with a vengeance and just taking charge of what she does best. Yeah. That that drama dry humor slash the funniest thing you've seen on screen ever just kind of taking the range. She is, she's slowly becoming like the Mount Rushmore of like the funniest women working today. Like seriously, she's just great. So I don't know. And you know, I'm so glad you said that because like the buzz on her in this show is so big and I've never seen anything like this before where like the other streaming networks like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu were literally tweeting out, Catherine Hahn projects that she's been on that you can watch on Netflix. Yeah. So like, like Netflix put out this tweet of one of her previous movies that she had done and they're like, yeah, Catherine Hahn, you know, we, we, we love Catherine Hahn before it was cool or something like that. And it's like, wow. Like, so this is a thing. This is, (laughs) she's become a thing. And I'm so, I'm so happy for her because like, you know, there are, I said this to another friend of mine. I said, there's very few actors out there where it's like, the moment that I see them involved in a movie yeah. or pop up on screen, I know that they're going to amplify or make whatever make whatever this is better. And um, she's she's on that list. And uh, yeah, no thrilled thrilled for her. The fact that there's only two episodes left in this thing, it's fine. I have I have no idea where this is going to go for the next two no, episodes. Me but I'm loving it. And the fact that literally we go from this, the following week. Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres. That 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 finishes up, and then we get the Loki series. Right after that, I'm like Black Widow, and then Black Widow in between. Like, uh, it's good. It's a good time. It's 2021 is a good time to be a Marvel fan. I'll put it that way. It really is. Now, Chris, I'm so glad you said this. Speaking of performers that always elevate their projects, and everyone is excited to see them in it. Um, now let's talk about Doctor Strange too. Hmm. The Multiverse of Madness. Now, that was on the forefront of my brain as we went into Agnes's basement. Mm, when okay. we crossed over from superhero sci-fi into straight-up campy Vincent Price, the Black Witch's like, cauldron in the basement, and they came upon a book looked reminiscent of the Necronomicon, yep. Ex Mortis, the Book of yep. the Dead. And, Chris, this week, I don't know if you saw this story. One day ago, it was reported that Bruce Campbell was spotted in London, England, where they're filming Doctor Strange 2. <laughs> I mean, of course, I mean, Sam Raimi's directing. Bruce Campbell's going to be in that movie as something. If he's in there as Ash, phenomenal. Oh, like, <laughs> Ash in the Marvels? I didn't even think of that. You know what? I didn't even think that. You just blew my face off. I didn't even think... Playing Ash, I just thought he'd be the bell, you know, the the lobby guy in uh, Spider Man Two or whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever he is in, if he's making a cameo, I'm. I mean, Bruce Campbell's one of those guys. Like, yeah, of course, like it's gonna be great. But my God, if they tie, <laughs> if they try to tie in 
any any reference well we kind of saw it with spider-man where it's like right evil dead car was in spider-man so it's like oh, yeah well, no, well you know, that car is in every sam raimi movie ever right so right. you know like okay like if, if ash is walking in the background or we see a chainsaw someplace or whatever it is like i'm on board let's go if that I, happens, Chris, I'm going to cry in the theater. I'm going to get down on my knees. Burst into tears. Just start crying. Like, my whole life has been culminating to this moment. You know, all the nerdum shit. Like, you know, I knew, like, when Marvel started getting big, I'm like, yeah, I told you guys. I've been a nerd all my life. Now get on the nerd train. Check it out. You're on the nerd train with Ben. And all of a sudden, if Bruce Campbell is, like, a main character in Doctor Strange or plays, like, a big... I don't know what I'm going to do. And if he plays Ash, get the hell out. You know, probably he just has a cameo in it or something like that. Or right. just helping out. But, dude, I'm super excited. This was a real story. It really happened. Um, like, he actually posted something, like, in London helping a friend out with a movie or, or something like that. It was a ridiculous statement he put out on Twitter. Um, so, Chris, the thing that was in the forefront of my brain is when they went down to that basement, it totally makes sense why they would hire Sam Raimi to do Doctor Strange too? Oh, totally, yeah. It was like, you want someone that can handle camp with some horror elements. And, like, I remember back in the day, like, like back in the day, like, a couple years ago when they announced Doctor Strange 2, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a horror movie. It's going to be a little darker. Phase 4. And they're like, nah, it's not a horror movie. Don't worry about it. But then they hired Sam Raimi, and you're like, there's only one person in this world that can do horror comedy, period, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he can. And, like, I can see this movie just skirting that fine line of Evil Dead 2, Peter Jackson dead aliveness that could just be amazing. So I'm all in. Once that happened, I saw it. I saw things just forming in my brain. And I was like, this is how we're getting to that movie. So rock and roll, WandaVision still delivers. And, Chris, I'm with you. No matter where they want to take us in this universe, I just know that they have us in their, like, gentle arms. It's all planned out, and we're ready to rock, dude. Definitely. Definitely. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, let's go YouTubing, my friend. Let's do it. YouTubing, baby. What do you got? What do you got? So, um, a couple things. Um, I did, I, I, you know, upon your suggestion, uh, I went back and I started watching some of the old uh, Angry Video Game Nerd episodes. Mm. Yeah. So I watched this one from like 12 years ago. It was like when he did the Sega 32X. And he's just going, he's just oh, going off on it. on top? Yep, that thing? on the attachment. <laughs> and, and then I watched like his Game Boy accessory videos and stuff oh, like that. That's the best one. That's the, best uh, the, one. the one with yeah. the, the, the sleeping mask for kids that are going into surgery. Or something. It's phenomenal. Just phenomenal. And you just, you just appreciate these guys. The fact that like he's doing this 12 years ago. And YouTube is like at its infancy and he's doing like just amazing stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. and the quality is there. It's like, how could you not watch angry video game nerd um, on repeat basically? Um, and then uh, this is actually, these are, this is more a TikTok thing, but there are TikToks that were posted on YouTube. And that's how I found it of um, Gordon Ramsay reacting to TikTok videos that, that are calling him out and like, Hey Gordon, check out me cooking eggs and like he taught like <laughs> so you see this video on the right of someone cooking eggs and he's on the left like just commenting 
Uh, and very rarely does he give anybody a compliment on this thing. Like he's like, oh, you're, you know, you're stupid. You're effing this, effing that. Like it's just, it's great. And so, uh, but every once in a while, he's like, wow, like that's how exactly how you're supposed to do that. And I'm sure that tastes delicious and all those things. So it's like you almost have to watch all of them to see those moments where he's actually like good. But then you go back and you watch the reactions of people seeing Gordon Ramsay compliment their meal, and it like rocks their entire world. Uh, they're like, oh my god, like I'm a master chef. That's it. <laughs> so I'm retiring. That's it. I'm, I'm a master chef apparently. So um, yeah, so check those out. Just Gordon, Rea- Gordon Ramsay reacts to, and then you'll find a, a whole slew of videos. So there you go. I, you know, I don't think we're ready to jump to TikToking, but I, I think we're gonna stick with YouTubing. But I, I've, I'm, I'm a fan of the TikToking too. So, Indeed. and I do subscribe to Gordon on there. It's just phenomenal. there you go. Um, so uh, my hits this week are, um, I'm just going to do two. All right. So um, Hats Off Entertainment. I think I've mentioned a couple of videos by them, but he just recently posted uh, Gene Wilder, in his own words, a documentary narrated by Gene Wilder. And um, this guy put together this this little kind of clip documentary. It's 27 Minutes. Uh, the other morning, I was tearing up at the end of it. <laughs> Just let you know, not like tearing up on it, watching a YouTube video when you wake up in the morning. Um, but it's uh, excerpts, the audio excerpts from his audio book, his biography, his own voice, and he did the audio for it. And you get to watch clips of him performing, and he intersplices clips of movies like Young Frankenstein or the Richard Pryor movies. Uh, which the clips from the Richard Pryor movies are still just, <laughs> they're just comedy gold. I just love it. And they just talk about his life. They talk about his marriage with Gilda Radner and everything. That's when you start tearing up. It's just crazy. Mm. Um, that one's really great. Hats Off Entertainment is just phenomenal. Like his channel, I I, I can't get enough. I'll mention him again. I want to kind of like stop it at that so people can go check it out. And there's just other ones. But then the big one of the week, Chris, and I think I might have sent this to you, is the uh, late night with Conan O'Brien, the Texas Walker Ranger lever, lever, lever. Did you watch this? No, I got to check this out. Hold on. So apparently, in like 2004, NBC. Well, I knew NBC merged with Universal, and so Conan O'Brien took full advantage, and he had this lever on the side of his desk, and he could just pull it, and then he would be able to show clips of Walker, Texas Ranger. And it's one of the funniest bits of all time. I'm going to say it's one of the funniest bits in stand-up history. I mean, I haven't laughed this hard in so long. And if you go on YouTube, someone just put them all up there. They're phenomenal, dude. And they're just awesome. I can't believe I didn't send this to you. I'm watching, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> there's, one, there's, one, there's one where the guy kicks a pigeon and it's out of control. It's just so out of control. I don't know, dude. So those are my two recommendations. Hats off entertainment and then Conan O'Brien, the Walker, Texas Ranger lever. Can't uh, miss, dude. You're going to be good, dying. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us this week on the uh, Desperately Seeking Entertainment Podcast. Uh, ben, any last words before we sign off? No, man. I just hope that uh, Mortal Kombat's awesome, even without Michael B. Jordan. I yeah. just, I'm <laughs> even without, sadly. But uh, there you go. Uh, well, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network, onstageblog.com. You can also find us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your podcasts. So give us a like, subscribe. Also go to our Facebook page, Desperate Seeking Entertainment, uh, on there. Give us a like because we definitely post some great content uh, to there as well. But Ben, thanks so much, man. Thanks, bro. All right, folks. We'll see you next week right here on Desperately Seeking Entertainment. <laughs>